Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hello, 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 and welcome uh, to the program. It'd be a Tuesday, uh, April 24th. And uh, it being a Tuesday, that means uh, my kid sister Susan is joining us from Chicago. Hi, Susan. Hey, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I'm okay. Good. You? It's finally vaguely spring-like Spring, yeah. around yeah. here. Vaguely. It was beautiful. Vaguely. Right? I yeah. mean, very vaguely. Like the very earliest of the flowers just sort of said, God damn it, I'm getting up. Yeah, yeah. I understand. <laughs> I understand. Here as well. A uh, lot of stuff to talk about. I'm not sure even where to start, but... Um, uh, Let's start easy with um, uh, Kate Middleton, uh, with the Duchess of Cambridge, okay? Um, okay. She had, a, um, she had a baby yesterday morning, and she left the hospital holding the baby about seven hours later, um, looking ravishing, let's just put it that way, uh, made up, her hair done, uh, looking absolutely gorgeous. And um, a lot of people have said that, oh, my God, she just made it really hard for a lot of other women. Um, and I know that some women can have a baby and, and look gorgeous and leave. But somebody, I saw somebody on um, Twitter have a, the picture of her looking so ravishing and then, and then said, just to keep it real, I want everyone to know she's wearing a diaper. Of course. Yeah, well... And, and she had a team of people to make her there and make her look like that. And she was wheeled in a wheelchair to the door. She stood up, beamed, walked to the car, went home, and went to bed. bed. No doubt. No doubt. Um, and, and by the way, they made it clear that the reason that she did that is not because she's superwoman, but because their being in that maternity hospital at that time distorts everybody else's experience. Yeah. It, and they wanted out of there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, let the media, uh, <laughs> not to sound like uh, our beloved president, uh, do what they want with showing these pictures of her. She didn't want to walk outside looking haggard because of what they would do to her if she did. So she's got a team. She's got the money. She looks great. She can put on a show for 15 minutes. You know what? With the same help, we all could. Well, here's somebody uh, in the Washington Post saying, for many, her smiling appearance outside St. Mary's Hospital is just one example of how our culture idealizes childbirth. We don't talk about postpartum or how much healing has to occur. And... Uh, this perpetuates a feeling of failure in um, in some women, um, and and makes people 
not acknowledge how much childbirth uh, changes a woman's body, how taxing it it is. Um, birth can be incredibly difficult, and it's not a perfect fairy tale, no matter how they made it look. I just, no, I, never is, and everybody reacts differently. And I, I think we've talked about this before, but if we want to look at how um, you know, the most primitive of cultures treat childbirth, um, uh, you know, and I, primitive is in quotes, frequently the, the, the woman that has given birth is pampered for a month and the community comes together and takes care of the baby and all she has to do is lie there and nurse and, and heal and there's plenty of time for her to mother. And we, we in our society so isolate people that um, if, if, you know, even our mothers uh, frequently had nurses that came home with them. In today's culture, that's just, you know, that's just a joke. How do you do that? Yeah, you know, unless you're a Kardashian, you don't do that. Yeah, yeah. So and we have not only made it harder on, you know, we have taken away the traditional culturally approved help for new mothers right. and said, go on, honey, Ow. you wanted to have it all, it's yours. Right, go home and make dinner. Um Right. No. A new, By the way, clean the house. Yeah. A new mother. And, and we need your salary. I mean, it's not. And I, that salary. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just want to say that um, I, I, underst I understand all that, but I, I, I just really think it, um, again, it'll make things more difficult. The perception of childbirth uh, in, I suppose, men's eyes will then you know people will wonder well what's wrong with you her she stayed in the hospital for two days <laughs> yeah and then came home and went to bed oh god okay so there's that well i mean i just i really do ask you in all seriousness what would you have had her do no i'm not saying that i understand i think it's very nice of them to get out uh, to, to get out. Yeah, and if she's going to get out, she's not going to wander out, you know, in a hospital gown, you know, with uh, mascara dripping down her cheek. No. How hard it is to be her. I mean, how terribly difficult. How good and she it is at it. And it might very well be that she, who very clearly has the very talked about difficult, difficult pregnancies yeah. where we don't see her right. because she's got her head in the toilet for for three or four months. You know, might this the, it might this might be the easy part for her. You never <laughs> That's know. That's true. That's true. Might be. My God. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, I want to go then to um, uh, news that was breaking again late last night about the fact that the uh, the latest uh, nominee from our wonderful president um, that clearly was not vetted at all which was obvious when he announced the nominee, um, and, and now the nomination is stalled and in difficulty, and I'm not talking about Pompeo. I'm talking about the White House personal doctor who he... What is he, Ronnie Jackson? You Ronnie know, I don't trust any... Ronnie? I don't trust grown men that have an IE at the end of the I don't think it's... Is it IE? Isn't it a Y? It's a Y. No? Is it a Y? I don't know. Um, but 
Yeah, Ronnie Jackson. Well, he can't help it. Maybe, you know, sometimes you try to make that. Um... I shouldn't say that. My own son has an IE. Yes, that's thing. true. That's true. And and also, I'm thinking of some young men I've seen, you know, from grow up. Uh, one in particular who I always called Jordy. And then all of a sudden, you know, I was told in no uncertain terms that his name was Jordan. Yeah, you know, because you, at at some point, some guys just don't don't want that, right? No. So, um, I have it spelled here with a Y. I think it's a Y. It doesn't matter. Ronnie Jackson, it doesn't uh, have any gravitas to it. So, Dr. Jackson... Um, well, mostly he doesn't because of, you know, his... his uh his in-depth report on the president's health. Well, that's true. That's what I, I want to uh, say. Um, the first time any of us really laid eyes on him um, was when he extolled uh, Donald Trump's health. And, I mean, any of us looking at him can tell he's hardly healthy. I mean, he might have genetically. He, he talked about must have really strong genes. And, you know, he could live to be 200 I think he said, and he sounded like Trump, you know, with all these superlatives, never saw anything like it, blah, 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 nothing wrong with him, he's this, that, and the other thing. And it seemed really bizarre. Well, guess what? Now there are whispers, even more than whispers, because some news uh, operations are reporting it, that uh, the the Senate committee that was supposed to uh, begin his nomination hearing uh, today uh, has put it on hold, and I don't know that it'll ever start up again because they are investigating uh, reports of his drinking on the job. And that might explain... That might explain... The press conference he gave about Trump, he might have been drunk. Right. Seriously, he might have been drunk. And so they're saying he is under investigation for drinking on the job and for doling out medications <laughs> improperly. Oh, sure, have one of these. This is, so he's a, a drug pusher and, and a drunk. And certainly there for seeing that if you ask him for something, you get it. If you know, he probably let uh, our beloved president dictate his own. Uh, I think so. Medical too. report. That's my guess. And um, when remember when Trump was seen slurring his words, uh, Jackson also came out and said something about, well, he was given a this or that or blah blah blah. Yeah, I got a feeling that Jackson, who a lot of even Republicans were really freaking out about the fact that this guy with absolutely no credentials whatsoever was being put in charge of, I believe, the largest bureaucracy, um, or one of them. In, well, and in the one country. that is in, in trouble, in and, trouble. That, and that really needs some serious uh, professional guidance at the top. To, and, and, and these are our veterans, folks. Oh, yeah, I mean, we talk you know, a lot it's, about it's, our it's, veterans. Thank you for your service. Right. Now go get homeless. Thank you for your service. Now wait five months to get in to see a doctor at the VA. Um, 
Or yeah. die trying. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I, I just, I can't believe it. So, you know what else I thought, and it's sort of sad. Everybody who comes into Trump's orbit ends up being destroyed. They go down. And here was a guy who, by all indications, was always well-liked. Obama had him as his White House doctor. Everybody thought, you know, I guess he was hail fellow, well-met. Who knows? Everybody liked him. Good-looking guy, uh, charming. And um, maybe now these certain aspects of his <laughs> his behavior are Yeah, coming. everybody gets outed and ruined, and they were leading perfectly nice lives, including... Right. The whole Trump family. Yeah. Well, pretty much. I mean, just look. I mean, everyone is destroyed. No, he's running them every single last one of them under the bus. Yeah. So I was uh, on the way to work. I was listening to um, the greeting ceremony for uh, French President Macron. Yeah, me too. I can't. I, and I was asking myself. Why are you listening to this? <laughs> I don't know, because it was all that was on, I guess. Um, I'm struck again by how, how much French and English are alike, and that, you know, half of the French words sound exactly like the, the English word. Sci right. Science was science. Uh, I mean, all, it, it really... And then at the end, Macron said something about... Uh, uh, our um, destiny or something, our nation's destiny. And and then it was translated as history. And I thought, really? Wasn't it destiny? Shouldn't destiny be destiny? Is it really history? Mm. I don't know. I thought that was a little odd. Well, history is histoire. Yeah, so the pr that's right, it is, l'histoire. So... The translator got it wrong. He did not say a date with destiny. Well, no, I'll tell you what the translator got. The translator isn't listening and translating. He's got a script, and he's reading it, and what Macron did is change the word. Well, maybe. She, by the way. That what I was hearing was a she. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Um, when I was listening, I, w I was hearing a man. Uh-huh. So... Uh, when they're reviewing the troops, you know, that thing they do. Um, yeah, did you see the look on Trump's face? Yeah, and it wasn't just his look. <laughs> he, it he was looked his... like he had indigestion. I know. You know he looked like a five-year-old playing general. Well, he didn't even, I thought, it was even his, the way he was walking. It was just this lumbering, yeah, jeez, I'm bored, I can't believe this. And he wasn't looking. He was just sort of staring straight ahead. He was not looking at... You're supposed to be reviewing the troops. That means you look at them when you're walking by. Macron, on the other hand, was looking. Um, no one's smiling and moving his head, right. Yeah, and our doofus of a president. Oh, Jesus, God. And uh, I just want to acknowledge uh, as well that... Um, in the usually absolutely classless manner of this administration, this is the first time anyone can remember that a state dinner has been held. It will be held tonight. State dinner has been held in which 
the party uh, that is out of power, not the president's party, that no one has been invited from the Democratic leadership, congressional leadership, to the state dinner, which is supposed to rise above. It's supposed to be country, not parties. It's supposed right, to rise above the king. Yes, exactly right. And this isn't his court. That is, I mean, it's things like that that are just so embarrassing. I, I just can't even bear it. Anyway, what would you think of Melania's uh, hat? I didn't mind her hat. I was more fascinated by uh, her tight pencil skirt. Yeah. Because they, they, took, they took a long, lingering shot of her from behind. And let's just say it was nicely tailored. Yeah, and and she's got like this really tiny waist too. I mean, she I thought she really tiny waist and these and and Kardashian proportions from behind. Yeah, well, she looks. Uh, I thought she looked good, but I mean, people were talking. About I thought it. she looked absolutely exquisite, but yeah. it was a it was. Um, I'm just going to say it was extreme tailoring for a first lady. Okay. Yeah, but a first lady who was a model. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. She's a big girl. A big girl? Yeah, she's big. I mean, she's not a tiny woman. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, anyway. So, yeah, I saw the hat, noted, I and, and wondered sort of why. I mean, you know, she was wearing a hat, but it, I didn't see any problem with it. But then, as I said, I'm... I was I went directly to the cut of the suit, but I thought she looked beautiful. Yeah, as opposed to the dumpy jerk next to her. Anyway, oh god. So, I'm sorry. It just depresses me. <laughs> it does. I just depressed. I'm trying to think of something cheerful to talk. There about. isn't anything. There is absolute. There is nothing. Okay, I wanna. Um, can I talk about just a few little things I thought about the news yesterday? First of all, the horrific, uh, the van plowing into uh, pedestrians in Toronto. Um, yeah. uh, I want to change the definition of terrorism. Can we do that? Because I understand that a terrorist would have to have some kind of an agenda for their actions and apparently this guy didn't as far as we know yet uh, but it just seems increasingly like um, it's only terrorism if um, a brown skin or a Muslim does it right absolutely otherwise it's something else yeah it's mental illness otherwise it's a tra tragedy yeah it's mental illness it's this it's that it's um, but I'm sorry if people are going to be concerned about walking down a street that bespeaks a certain level of being terrified of being afraid and actions that create terror would be I think by definition terrorism um, I think in our yeah and it's you know and it's insidious because a lot of this Precisely because, you know, it doesn't fit the exact definition of terrorism. 
um, and we're looking for causation. We have to admit that these people are getting the idea from, you know, the media and and the coverage of other right. like incidents. Right. And so what's that solution, that you just put a ban on, you know, keep us all ignorant, put a ban on these kind of incidents until people forget that they happen and they stop no, happening? Well, obviously that can't happen. But, um, but I mean, that's, you know, what, what does one do? Well, any, anybody now knows, we are all know, that if you want to kill a whole bunch of people, yeah, just take your car and mow them down on the sidewalk. Right. Yeah, so, so yes, someone who just wants to kill a bunch of people can, um, can do that. I, I That's just think why that your neighbor I'll, wants to own uh, assault rifles because he could kill as many people with his van. Oh God! So the um, but uh, you know when the when the killers are uh, from uh, the alt from the right or the neo-Nazi types, those are never called terrorism. When in fact those have no, no, they just the, identify them as who they are. They use one of those identifiers. But they Neo have Nazi. an agenda. But they had an agenda for doing it. So absolutely, and when they and when you know those white guys would mow down people at Jewish community centers. That's a terrorist you know, attack. No, they didn't call them terrorists. Right, but it is. It's a terrorist attack, and um, uh, people who shot up uh, abortion clinics or, you know, killed uh, doctors who perform abortions. Those are terrorists. Just saying. The other thing that um, I want to note is, I don't know if you saw the video of the Toronto cop who took this killer into custody. Because The guy, if he, this were happening in the United States of America, would not be alive today. Uh, nope. The Toronto cop, he, it looked like the guy was pointing a gun at him. And that cop didn't shoot him, didn't shoot, didn't shoot, didn't shoot, didn't shoot. And I, in America, you all, as any black person will tell you, all you have to do is, uh, you know, be carrying your phone or hold, or holding anything, holding anything, or move, or, move, or yes, start running away. And even you, even if it's to walk away, right? And you're dead. You're dead. So I just want to point out that that Toronto cop schooled a lot of police in this country about what a real heroic cop looks like. It's not somebody who starts shooting no, and asks questions later. No, he and cuffed without, without a shot being fired by anyone. And speaking of cops, did you see the video of the incident on the American Airlines plane? Um, it was a flight from, I think, Miami Where to Chicago. Where they the guy? They tased the guy. There was over three cops. It it's just fascinating. Three big, burly cops on one slightly built, five foot seven inch uh, guy, and they could not. This was fascinating to watch. They were tasing him and tasing him, and he just kept talking. He kept 
he he kept it had no effect at all and i i watched the video and one of the cops said to the other cop while they're struggling with him saying man he must be on something something really uh you know that he they say that sometimes if you're impervious on a drug or something that you're high as a kite you cannot you're just impervious he did not look like it had any effect on him at all that was astonishing three cops outweighing him by god knows how and they couldn't get this guy it's just amazing even when he was handcuffed he was giving them incredible trouble so yeah i'd like to know what that guy was on he had to have been on something yeah yeah uh chris wants to know did you notice that when the wife of the french president was greeting trump when he did the kiss on each cheek trump kissed her right cheek then instead of kissing her left cheek he kissed her on the lips Did he? I didn't see that. The president? I, mean, I didn't see that part, so. I didn't see it either. I hope not. Oh, please, God, I hope not. Oh, Lord. Did she wipe her? <laughs> <laughs> he kissed her on the lips? Are you sure? Oh, God. Um, well, I don't, no, I, I didn't see it because I wasn't watching. I was driving in my car. Um, okay, what else we got? Oh, um, this Waffle House slang suspect. Yeah. Are you aware, by the way, okay, here's another thing having to do with American policing. How come all these white killers get taken alive? Do you think if a black guy had walked into a place and a naked black guy and shot up and killed a bunch of people and then was on the lam, when they finally found him, do you think he'd be alive? I'm just asking. Um, Dylan Roof was taken alive. This, it seems like white guys that kill black people get taken alive. That's all I'm saying. I'm thinking of some others, too. What is with that? And black guys who don't even, haven't killed anybody, they get killed by cops. It's the truth. And also, let me point out that this SOB is obviously insane. Uh, he, and a racist, I would imagine, he also has the court posted a, I mean, it's a, a $2 million Well, they bond. gave the guns back to the dad, and the dad gave them back to the kid. Well, okay, but there's no way that the father who gave the guns back to the kid should not also be charged with murder. Oh, he should. I mean, if there's such a thing as a felon, if, if felony murder has any meaning... Yeah, this is, this is it then, for the father. You know, and felony murder is is um, a legal construct by which anybody who is involved in the exactly. commission of a crime that results in the death of a, you know, party. Exactly. And it could be one of your accomplices. 
exactly. is is guilty of murder just as much as if they had pulled the trigger themselves. That's why people so, yeah, are if, yeah. That's why people are serving uh, life sentences, life sentences for never for ki- sitting in the for car. sitting in the car in the getaway car. Right. Mm-hmm. This father should go to jail for the rest of his life. He can share a cell with his his son. Oh, who should be given? Who's who's? You know, I mean, I, who sounds like he would be um, uh, sort of clearly diagnosable and should be in a facility someplace. Right, right. He's so you know, and nuts. and by the way, um, Nashville is in Tennessee, and Tennessee is what is called a source state because they have basically no gun gun control whatsoever. So um, they literally ship guns to convicted felons in L.A., and it's there's nothing wrong with it. So there was no law. Bro- the, the law the father broke is an Illinois law, right? The father's right. in Illinois. Yeah. Right. And the kid was... The kid was red flagged, and the police appropriately took their guns. But apparently, in Illinois, you're allowed to give the guns back to a relative, and then the you know the idiot relative just turns right around and gives the guns to the kid. Oh, I love this. We've heard from Ray. Uh, Ray, I love you. But Ray is a is a good Catholic and a good Irishman, and he so despises the English that okay so here's here's from Ray okay ladies it continues to both confound and enrage me that first you show any interest in and worse offer sympathy toward the English royal family I know you have cavalierly dismissed my contempt for that most contemptible collection of villains. But at the same time, you also demonstrate an admirable support for historic justice and truth. That family is a walking, talking Confederate statue museum. (laughs) To the Irish, it is. They represent the worst atrocities in most in, in history. If the Irish should put behind them the planned, approved, engineered, and enacted starvation and murder of millions over 700 years, maybe black Americans should do the same with slavery, which, of course, they shouldn't. As far as I'm concerned, the new birth seems so harmless to the mother because the child was pulled from a brimstone cauldron. <laughs> love always, Ray. I love it, Ray. Nicely done, Ray. But Beautifully I, done. You know. Beautifully done. Well, I look. Yeah. You know who probably shares that feeling? My ex. My ex-husband. Cull- mm-hmm. Cullen had the same... The same animus for the Brits truly did. Wasn't forgiving. Saw no ability to forgive. And I, I under, I understand that. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, how do you feel about, uh, you know, Nazi Germany? Well, duh. How do I feel about all kinds of things? The Crusades. How do I feel, right. actually? I mean, but if, let me tell you this. If Jews were to... Uh, Be the vengeful sorts? <laughs> We would hate absolutely there's not a country Everybody. on earth or a religion on earth that we wouldn't have this pretty much. Right, who have I'm, gotten in line to try and wipe us out. Right, I think. so. Uh, and who continue to do it to this day. Yeah, so I, 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 I get but it. But we're wily little cockroaches. Yeah, we, yeah, never mind. <laughs> We'll, we'll get you in the end anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what I wanted to talk. Susan, I brought this up yesterday t- toward the end of the show. And um, and I, I, I felt like it would have, we could have done um, more conversation about it. it it's because, it, it's a result of a, uh, a piece written by a local columnist, Ruth Ann Daly, who's a conservative very religious, very conservative. And but she's talking about words and derivation of words and people who take offense and where is the line drawn? And I find this fascinating. For one thing, I she 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 cited uh something I did not know, which was that last week uh in an NBA playoff game uh, with uh, the Oklahoma Thunder, uh, the play-by-play announcer at one point said of Russell Westbrook, who's one of their great players, um, when he did something, I guess, just unbelievably outrageous, uh, a risky move, that I think maybe he he actually said, so he said, about Westbrook while he, d- during the play-by-play. Wow, Wes, Westbrook must be out of his cotton-picking mind. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, see, you, I never thought of that as a racial... Well, I know, but I mean, the second you said it, I went, oh, my God, you know, well, so, you okay, the derivation so, of yeah, these. Yeah, right. So, and of course, Westbrook is black, and the announcer's white, and all hell broke loose, and he was uh he offered the abject apology that we yeah all he was guilty of total thoughtlessness. do you think do I think it was deliberately racist? No, because he, like us, never thought of the derivation, yeah, so was that total thoughtlessness? Well, the second we thought about it, we yeah, got but it. You... so that's the definition of thoughtless. Not do I think he should be? Do I think he should be? He was suspended you know, for a game. Accused of anything more than never no. having put that together? No. But okay, so here's the question then. So cotton picking? I I don't know. I it's not a phrase I use. Although I think I have maybe at some point. Oh, cotton picking. It's just not one of that's in my lexicon that I throw out. But I've heard it. It's never occurred to me. Does that mean, so a good person, you would never use that 
when you're talking and now about that you've been, now a that black it's been person. pointed out to you, you won't. Okay. All right. That's okay. So there has to be an opportunity for mistakes and growth in any place that is undergoing change. And if there's anything that we want to encourage, it's change. So you're not allowed to be killed when a slight, you know, when tapping you on the shoulder and pointing it out would do. Okay, but, okay, so, but Susan, I'm still, here's the thing. I, I told the story about how uh, shortly after I came to Pittsburgh, uh, a woman in the newsroom uh, said something uh, in just conversation. So, I, you know, I Jewed him down or something like that. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. was, I, I, my mouth fell open. I don't think I never, I never heard anybody say that um, in my presence and i and then i, I have so what did you do what i you i do? don't recall as i said i don't recall saying a thing i and i remember and i like this woman and i remember thinking i bet it's never occurred to her no that, it's like saying that you gypped somebody right and that's and then i brought that up how all it took me a long time but but when I said gypped once and real, I thought, oh, my God. Okay, so Jude, gypped. They Jew, you gyp. Yeah, right. And Now, I had the same thing happen to me when one of my most beloved nephews was helping me one day, and the same thing happened. It popped out of his mouth. Jude. And his eyes locked on my eyes, got so round. And I looked at him and I said, "Well, you'll never do that again, will you?" Did it, so and he, he had said, just nope. As he said it, he realized for the first time what it. He heard it for the first time. Yeah. And he had done it in front of me. He would have rather died than hurt me like that. Right, and let's and, make clear he was. And not, that was the end. He's of not it. a Jew. Yeah. Right. So okay. He's not, no, he's so, not. He's not from. He's from a Catholic. Family. So once you do know this, you do. And, okay, but I'm not done because... And everybody deserves the right to learn. Yes. Okay, but wait. So, here's another thing Ruth Ann brought up. Uh, the word guerrilla, G-U-E-R-R-I-L-L-A, guerrilla warfare, right? Uh, right. Was a Spanish term, which I did not know, and is only a few hundred years old, and it was a term that was put pl applied to Spanish citizens who took up arms against uh, and battled Napoleon's army. Um, and they were called guerrillas. And something else I didn't know, that in the world of tennis, it is used to describe a certain kind of aggressive tennis move. So, Ruth Ann's column says, when a white announcer used it, gorilla, to describe Venus Williams playing, all hell broke loose because people heard it as gorilla. G-O-R-R. -R. Yes. And this guy was fired by ESPN. Oh. He's suing. He's suing them, so it'll be interesting. Uh, it goes to well, trial. Well, it's in like October. the word N-I-G-G-A-R-D-L-Y. 
Susan, that's exactly what I said. Boy, do I might as well. Yeah, yeah. Niggardly. Because somebody also got in trouble for using that when it has nothing to do with the N-word. No, it means stingy, folks. Yeah, but it isn't derived. Even, it's, it's a word. It isn't derived <laughs> in any way from the It has N- nothing to do with. And I, what I was saying is, given what it means, it's, it's amazing it's not, you know, of a Jewish derivation. Because that's the, you know, the stereotypical... Right. That's that bullshit about right. Jews, right? That they're penny pinching. Okay, although I do know some, um, and then I know spendthrift Jews. See, <laughs> where where do you run into those? Uh, well, you didn't see me look at the camera when I said it, Suze. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, okay, so. No, you know I don't watch you. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I, It would be disorienting. Yes, but so I got to say, um, I don't know. I mean, she says the English language borrows vocabulary from just about every other language on the planet, and it is rife with terms that can be used and then heard in multiple ways and she brings up the word ghetto okay ghetto who do you, where do you ever hear the word ghetto it's applied as far as i can think of to two peoples yeah it's uh, black people in this country and jews in europe right i i don't yeah pretty much that's it it derives from italian and was the word meant to, uh, to for the place where Jews in Rome were herded and told, you can only live here. And that's where the term comes from. It was called the ghetto. So... Right. Um, and she says, okay, so that word falls with different weight on the hearts of Jews and blacks. And are we all supposed to know this? Are we supposed to know all of these terms? Because it seems when we don't, we can cause trouble. I feel for the the, cot, the guy who said cotton picking. I feel for the guy who said Venus Williams' play was gorilla-like because apparently he... He was saying G U E. He was G-U-E. absolutely descriptively accurate. Right, and then. And it was a term of art. But Susan, have you ever heard? Because I learned this yesterday. Um, the president. God, everything always comes back to him. Uh, in one of his tweets over the weekend, again referred to Chuck Todd as sleepy-eyed Chuck Todd. Well, again, Twitter goes nuts. Because it turns out that sleepy-eyed is also a denigrating term for Jew. That one I'd never heard. Me either. And the Twitter uh, verse uh, pointed out that in Nazi Germany, they had... um, they had like even pamphlets how to spot a Jew, how to know if this person is a Jew. And there were all of these physical characteristics, one of which is sleepy-eyed. 
So the alt-right in this country thinks of sleepy-eyed as a way to dog whistle it's a Jew. Turns out, too, that Chuck Todd is a Jew, something else I didn't know. Uh-huh. So sleepy-eyed Chuck Todd is, for some people who know the derivation, those would be people on the alt-right, of dog whistling saying, hey, I know it's not a Jewish name, but hey, he's a Jew. This guy's a Jew. I'm outing him. And the president using it, you don't know if he knows that or not. I, I don't know. But so her column was about where, I, I don't know. I think people of goodwill, as you suggested, once you realize what a word means and how it can be hurtful, you then decide, well, I'm not going to use that anymore. It's demeaning to this group of people. And we do try to do that. But sometimes when it comes to like niggardly or gorilla or no intention of offense at all, like uh, Westbrook must be out of his cotton picking mine that we're getting a little too quick on the trigger to take offense. Well, right. I mean, there's, there's a step between mistake and offense, and it's called teachable moment. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Um, and, and why do you sp- spend all your time getting offended when no one meant it anyway and isn't part of offense? Being the intention. You know, aware yeah. of intent. The intent, exactly, a big part of it. And as, right. as you as, take offense when you know someone's trying to be offensive. Right. If they're being merely uninformed and or stupid, you tell them. Yeah. So anyway, Ruth Ann says, "Geez, if every awkward moment triggers an epic protest, then soon nothing will." And that's what I agree with that. She says, we'll run out of fury. The moment, you know, you start calling everything awesome or every every soldier's heroic, the word heroic or loses all... Or every moment, you know, a, 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 a total you know, being assault. anything from rape right. to looking at me wrong. That's right. You and know, nuance. That's, that's, I mean, I think Me Too has already flared out because people got uncomfortable with how many people of varying degrees of culpability it was taking out. Well, this inability to see degree and to see... Yeah, nuance, folks, nuance. um, And I know that, yeah, there are increasingly people are literally afraid to talk (laughs) because there are people waiting, waiting to take offense. That does not mean that you don't try not to give offense. I think well-meaning people do try. Yeah, I mean, most people do not walk into a room and deliberately see how many people they can piss off at once, unless you're our brother. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, wait a minute. 
I think I know some. <laughs> I think you, who actually has been known to say the most discomfort to the most people most of the time. Um. <laughs> exactly. So uh, most people don't find pleasure and and humor and all that. But I, I I remember once, and I I think I've told this story before, way back when I took a I took a bit of a a risk, I guess, but I decided to take it anyway when I was still in television, and I did a story about the uh, this kind of how words can be so loaded and how words, uh, you know that g- people of goodwill try mightily to you know keep up with what is offensive and what isn't and if there's a new word and what you know it's it's as simple as like um like i sort of was startled earlier in the show when you used the word girl for melania you said she's a big girl and i said what and it wasn't that you were it was because you said girl because I right. remember back in the 70s just having to fight like hell not to be called a girl. I absolutely believe that. And 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 there are whole decades when I wouldn't have said that, but I'm tired of that. I you know, I don't give up. It's like I don't like that Jews can't use evergreens in the winter because they're somehow Christian. I mean, bull. If I want to use the word girl interchangeably, you know, I don't mean to put her down in any way. It's just sort of a, it's actually sort of a um, fond way of referring to her. Okay, but I was just saying. So, girl, woman, that. No, I know where you're coming from, and I know where you were coming from when you gasped audibly. (laughs) That we (laughs) evolve. We evolve, and our, our language evolves. And I pointed out that, you know, where we were really seeing it, I would have done this piece in the 80s, that where we were really seeing it is um, with what do you call a black person, right? And how we had seen the change um, from uh, Negro, I mean, in my my lifetime, from Negro to, well, maybe it was, colored people to negro i think it was probably colored yeah okay colored people negro then afro-american i think then african-american then black then people of color which I put all of those on a circle and ended up back at colored. So it started with colored and ended back with people of color, (laughs) which is colored, right? Yeah. So I I was fascinated by that. That is where the politically correct way of talking about people with darker skin became people of color, which brought us back to colored people, <laughs> which was offensive. And I, I, I just think um, uh, it can exhaust people often. I actually asked um, my son, it was appalled that I did, but I didn't consider it appalling. Um, 
I asked a, uh, a, a black man um, who writes a, a very um, uh, important, he's a, he, he is the founder of something called um, Very Smart Brothers, and it's big. It is national, has a huge, I mean, he's, I think, so, there's, he sold the site to somebody. He's, he's off and running. I mean, and he lives here in Pittsburgh. And uh, people go to him all the time to uh, know, uh, you know, what young black professionals in America are thinking, saying. And he's a brilliant writer. And so I asked him once, um, what is the right word now? I, I said, I really, I'm not sure. I say black. Is that the right word? Because I still see people thinking it's African American. I mean, is there? He said, he said, you know, I mean, different people. He, he says, I would say black. But there's no arbiter, really, of of. No, and, and in, in different people have different preferences, but I don't think it's wrong to ask. I don't either. And, um, I mean, how are you supposed to know? Right. By osmosis, you have to ask. Right. And, and honestly, asking does nothing except demonstrate an interest in being non-offensive. Right. So uh, his name is Damon Young, by the way, and I, um, uh, he was named recently, I forget by who, is one of the 50 most influential black uh, people in the country. Um, and, and he's, an imp he's an impressive, angry, <laughs> he's an angry man, and I don't blame him. Um, speaking of that, I, I, I'm also looking at a piece, Susan, on the front page of our local paper, which just blew me away. I'm looking at a young black man, 24 years old, Sampson Bailey Jr. He just got out of jail. He was there for 10 days. He was pulled into court for some, I don't know, probation violation. He's never done anything uh, violent or anything. He's like every, practically every black man in the country. He's, he's been pulled into the uh, criminal justice system. Um, uh, the judge revoked his $1,000 bond and threw him in jail because he tested positive for marijuana. And he was on probation, and that was prohibited. And so here's a guy who's thrown in jail, $1,000 bond, which, by the way, a lot of black people can't put up the, you know, the... I, That'll keep a black... Yeah, but that's being found, you know... I know. It's, using it's, bond to keep poor people in jail is fundamentally unconstitutional. Well, it hasn't been... Has, you it, know, been found so over and over and over in the last several years. No, I don't think definitively because it's still happening constantly, constantly, constantly. Our jail here is more than half filled with people who have not been convicted of a goddamn thing. They're well, there because they can't make... Up people for doing what is legal in 10 states in the United uh, States. Okay, so here's the thing. 
He tested positive for marijuana, Susan, because he uses a medical marijuana medical marijuana and ointment that I guess he has some other medications that he has to take, and he's very skinny. And I guess he has not a lot of appetite, and the, he does this medical marijuana thing. It increases his appetite. He's able to take the pills better. And anyway, doctor prescribed under a physician's care. He told the judge that he may test positive for marijuana because he um, was it had medical marijuana and. The judge said, well, show me your card. And he, he didn't have a card. He said he never got the card, but he's gotten blah, 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 blah. Anyway, he spent 10 days in jail <laughs> for something, as you said, that nobody ever should be in jail for. And he wasn't even doing he, it to get high. And that he was legally using. I mean, a part of presumption of innocence doesn't that judge get? Jesus. And the poor kid, he said, when they put me in handcuffs, I was really confused. I didn't understand what was going on. I mean, that was the hardest ten days of my life. And he's telling people, I've got a card. Did they bother looking up? Did they call a doctor? Did they give him the opportunity to produce proof? Well, he couldn't because he didn't have the damn card. But they could have called. There were a million things they could have done. There's there a is registry. a registry. There's a registry. Call, you know, was, That's was, right. Get a, you know, and then somebody said, the, well, it's so new here in Pennsylvania, there's not a dedicated line for something. We do not have these. We're just still working out the wrinkles here. you got to be kidding me. Oh, my God. Okay, Suze, i got one more thing for you. A 20-year-old man is suing a publisher for damages, suing a publisher for damages over a fraudulent book written by the 20-year-old man's father. The father wrote a book claiming his son went to heaven and met Jesus following a a 2004 car crash. The kid who was left paralyzed by the accident, said that his father, Kevin, totally fabricated this story of him going to heaven, meeting Jesus. He fabricated the story and made millions. Is this the thing? Was this made into a movie? There is a movie like well, there's a movie like this. I don't know. And, uh, no, I think this is the kid. Well, I don't know. But anyway, so the father has made millions, and guess what? Has given not one penny to the paralyzed kid. <gasps> I'd like to send the father to meet Jesus. 
Do you believe that? Well, Why? there are some people. Un isn't it unbelievable? Wow. Well, do you have any good news, Suze? I couldn't find any. No, not not any. Nothing bad has happened so far today to oh. me. <laughs> oh, just, yeah, but thank you. Thanks for the addendum there. Oh, by That's the way, hey, by the way, Susan, I did know Antiques Roadshow was coming from Green Bay, and I called. Did you watch it? Yeah, well, I tried to. I called our mother uh, when it started and said, Mom, Antiques Roadshow. She said, I know, I'm watching it. Um, she says, look, it's just about Packer stuff, because the first thing they trotted out was a big Packer right, thing. Right, of course. And she was annoyed. And I said, um, well, okay, I just wanted you to know that it was on, and I'm glad you know. And then she said, well, I'd rather talk to you. So <laughs> I didn't see it. So you missed it. Yeah. You missed the $400,000 Rembrandt etching. <laughs> well, you know, I put it on, I had it on mute with, uh, sub, with uh, captioning. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, some woman had a $400,000 Rembrandt etching. Jive. Right, and I thought that, that beautiful jewelry set was sort of neat. Yeah. And I, was, and I was interested at how mild the accents were. That's what I said to Mom. I said, I wanted to hear some he, so I got this at the back, you know. And nobody sounded like that. Well, you know, What's happening? might be getting... It's it's getting more cosmopolitan, Jeez. and more people are moving in, and they're diluting the damn accent. Jeez. Well, I'm here to hold it up, okay? Yeah, hey, me too. The okay. older I get, it just, it just falls I know. right out of my nose. I know. It just keeps coming. So anyway, like Sue. You know, like that little, that little droplet of snot that's always hanging off. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm ushering you out. <laughs> the show is done. It is. It's a yeah, Well, this is what happens when one gets old. We need to face it. We need to embrace it. We what? We need to just, you know, say, that's we, that. What? I don't, still don't understand where the drop of snot came in talking about the Green Bay accent. Oh, because my, I was... Never mind. I think don't... through one's nose. No. And, oh. and the older I get, the more it just falls out of my nose, the accent all right, along all right. with <laughs> It made perfect sense to me. That's all I'm saying. Okay, okay. Okay. Well, you okay, betcha. bye now. Bye now. See you, Suze. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> That's, that is the way we said say goodbye in Green Bay. Bye now. Sans snot. And uh, thank you all. Uh, my my great thanks to Ray. I loved your missive. You're a good writer, Ray. I like your high dudgeon. And uh, yeah, down with the Brits, Ray. That's for you. See you tomorrow. Lynn Cullen Live. Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers. <laughs>